Hello and welcome to episode number 45 of the Rollo and Slappy Show. Today is June 26, 2017. I am Rollo McFlugel and with me is Slappy Jones 2 and we are both at McFlugel.com. The show notes page for this episode is McFlugel.com slash 45. So uh, I don't think I ha- really have any intro things to talk about, so... Let's send it to Slappy, and he's going to introduce our topic for this podcast. Yeah, thank you, Rallo, and thank you, everyone, for listening this week. Thanks for your time. Um, last week, we kind of had a little inside baseball type thing, talking about the uh, infighting or debating or arguing in the libertarian community over um, the borders and whether we should have open borders or closed borders, or are you a communist, or are they police status? We're kind of stepping back from that a little bit and going back to our listeners who are not libertarian, or maybe you are libertarian, um, and you'll find it compelling or find it interesting. We're going to talk about the non-aggression principle. Uh, And the reason we wanted to do this is because I remember when I was first learning about libertarianism, the non-aggression principle sounded really cool. Um, And Rallo will go into this a little a little more on what we mean by non-aggression principle, but it sounded really cool and it sounded like something I wanted to learn a lot about. And then you start hearing people poke holes in it and, and some libertarians say, no, the non-aggression principle can never be violated. And others say, sure, you can violate it sometimes, but it's a good guide. And then there's others who don't care about it at all, but it is a topic of conversation in the libertarian community. So that's what today's episode is about. Rallo, what exactly is the non-aggression principle? The non-aggression principle is... It is wrong to commit violence or threaten violence against peaceful individuals. So if someone's not hurting so, you or yeah, trying yeah. to cause harm to you, then you can't hurt them or steal their stuff. It's very simple. It's kind of a, a rewriting of the, the golden rule. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Right. So if you don't initiate or if you don't invite the force or consent to the force, then you should not have your your rights violated correct sounds pretty simple and straightforward who would be against that (laughs) but (laughs) so if i if i talk to my um democrat friends and say well i'm just against the initiation of force against innocent people uh i know what their answer is because i've gotten it several times yeah me too so why are they wrong I've actually heard them say, yeah, well, everyone's against that. It sounds great in theory or something something along those lines. Like, of course, who would be in favor of violence against innocent people? So why are statists, Democrats, Republicans, whatever, would you say they're wrong when they say they're against violence against innocent people? Uh, yes and no. They think that they're against violence against innocent people, but they don't see what the state does as violence. So they don't see taxation as theft. They, you know, come up with these ideas of like the social contract theory and whatnot and say, no, that's, that's the price you pay for living in a civilized society or, you know, you can always leave. They've got a million excuses for it, but they just don't, they don't see that as violence. They don't see it as theft. So in their minds, you know, they're, they're within the confines of the non-aggression principle because no one, or at least, unless you're like a violent sociopath, no one goes around saying, like, oh, yeah, I want to I hurt this person. I want to commit violence against them. No one actually thinks that. So whether it's just 
ignorance, and I don't mean that in a way to degrade anyone, calling them ignorant. Um, it's just a state of, of lack of it knowledge. Means they don't know. Yeah. Right. right. Or whether there's cognitive dissonance. Yeah, you know, I think that most people have good intentions, but just are incorrect. So then, what would you say? Um, I mean, we're kind of jumping right away from them because I, I would say actually, no, you are in favor of, of violence against innocent people because you do advocate for the state. And when we point out to you what the state is doing, you deny it. So, yeah, you, I, I would say those people are actually saying I'm usually or I think most of the time I'm against violence against innocent people, except for when I want something or I think something should be done, then violence is acceptable. Because they almost always, even after you point out what the state is doing, and they agree, they'll still say they're in favor of it. They don't suddenly turn around and say, well, I don't think the, um, we should fund schools that way because it's very violent. Um, so I actually do think, I think we can get them to come around because it is a good idea. And I think it, when you first um, say it to someone, it sounds really good. And I think they want to be there, but I don't think most people actually are, uh, at least today. Uh, at my side point. But I don't think you're wrong the way you explain it. I don't think they realize it's violence, but the fact that they do advocate for the state means that they are, in fact, in favor of violence against innocent people. So if you are one of those people, you should reconsider your stance. But anyway, on to the next point. Uh, there are some libertarians who take the non-aggression principles very strict. Basically, you can never violate someone's property um, without permission. I would say that's wrong. Rallo, what do you think? Do I need a sign on my front lawn that says, you may walk up my path and knock on my door if you would like to speak to me? Otherwise, it's a violation of my property and I can shoot you. Yeah. No, I, don't, <laughs> yeah, I, I agree that it's that I, I don't hold the non-aggression principle as axiomatic. I think there are certain times where it can be justly violated. I like to take the Michael Humer approach, which he uh, kind of describes in the beginning of his book, The Problem of Political Authority, where he says that, and this is kind of, I, I hold this as my axiom, what I'm about to say, and I haven't come across any scenarios where this, has, this would be untrue. But the Michael Humer idea for if you're going to have an axiom for how you, uh, you know, build up your philosophy is that people have the prima facie right to live free from harmful coercion. So it's very similar to so, the non-aggression principle, but it leaves kind of some wiggle room there as if, if there's a greater evil or harm that's going to happen by not violating the non-aggression principle, then you should violate the non-aggression principle. And hmm, that opens you up to some criticism here. So Maybe. first of all, for well, what what do you mean by prima facie? So at first, um, kind of prima facie means kind of at first glance. So, right. so yeah. without more information, without knowing what's going on, um, people words, have to have should really, not be aggressed upon. You have to have a really good reason why um, you would violate so, it. Which is, which is so, really kind of a normal, and, the, and that's the beauty of Michael Humer's philosophy and the way he goes about it is because he just takes very commonly held views and, and beliefs that it's that we're not yeah, taking. It's kind of ethical intuitionism. Exactly. 
Um, but so what I want to say to that, yeah, where you said you said that um, people should not have their rights violated unless there's a really good reason. Uh, well, I, I could imagine someone coming back and saying, well, don't you think half the country starving to death is a good reason? Or well, <laughs> you know, the bottom yeah. 10% not being able to be educated, don't you think that's a good reason? Because you have plenty of money. If I take $3,000 from you, you're not really going to hurt that bad. Uh, but someone can really benefit from that $3,000 going to school or, or eating for the week. That seems to me like a reasonable – well, I shouldn't say that. I, I'm playing devil's advocate, and I could see someone saying that seems like a reasonable use of violence. Well, you have to take a look at each of these objections and realize whether or not they're true. To say that half the country is starving to death, which country? The United States? That's simply – not true. And I, I know you're not saying that, but there are some people who say, oh, we've got people no, starving I've in these streets. Arguments and, and, yeah. and there's there's not. I mean, really, the only people that are starving to death in the United States are people who are being starved as a way to murder them. People aren't dying on the streets because of starvation. It, it just simply does not happen. There might be, you know, malnutrition, but it's not causing people you to could so yeah it's certainly not a widespread a, problem even amongst the homeless right you can't have a made-up reason to violate the non-aggression principle so you it, to say that we need to violate the non-aggression principle to feed people in the united states or else they they're going to starve to death is like saying we need to violate the non-aggression principle because the grass is blue it just it doesn't it's not true so you that can't be a valid reason to violate the non-aggression principle do you think it matters how much force you use? Yes. So, for example, um, what's something the government funds that seems pretty trivial? The, um, the, I don't know, the National Endowment of Arts that's been in the news. Did they cut that? Is that still around? I don't know. Um, whatever. Any, any program that seems kind of pointless. There's countless ones. Uh, but the force they use to get that money is death. <laughs> that's the right. threat. Right. You will die unless you give this money to me so I can put it to whatever I want to put it to. Uh, to me, that force seems a little excessive. And if you're, if you're going to be allowed to use force, it should be proportional or acceptable. Or, well, let's, um, let's for take example, a... Oh, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, if, you, if, you, if I'm walking down the street and you bump me, I then most normal people wouldn't say it's within my right to shoot you in the head. Right. Uh, that's that's kind of ridiculous in a lot of yeah. forms. Yeah, that's where I wanted to go with it. I, there was uh, what I remember it was ooh, a year, maybe two years. I don't know how long ago it was, but uh, one of the libertarian, well, <laughs> quote unquote libertarians, he who one of the he who will not be named people, they asked him if steal. I think it was like, is it is it a violation? All right, so it's a violation of the non-aggression principle to steal a paperclip from someone. He said yes. Is it a violation to you know, kill that person for stealing the paperclip from you. And he said, no, it's not. The person said, oh, look, he's saying that you can, you know, kill someone. Well, one, I don't think that person was necessarily saying that would be justified. And, and two, I think the mistake that he was making is that to ask what retaliation is justified is not part of the non-aggression principle. The non-aggression principle is 
not a prescription for retaliation. And I think that's where a lot of even libertarians get confused. You need to use Certainly. some other principle, some other idea to come up with, with what should be uh, how a, a violation and non-aggression principle should be handled. Normally, it's like a proportionality kind of thing. Like, hey, if you steal $5 from me, then it makes sense that you owe me $5. But, uh, it, Plus yeah, a little it, extra for the trouble. Sure. But it doesn't make sense to say if you steal $5 from me, then I get to shoot you in the face. Or pay a million or whatever. Right, right. Whatever kind of excessive force is there. And so basically the, the, the state is backing everything up with a death threat. Ultimately, I mean, yeah, they are. Do you disagree? No, I completely yeah, okay. agree. <laughs> so that that kind of shows that they're in some sort of not good ethical position. That if you do the commit the most, you know, minor of transgressions against them, that they're saying that they can kill you for it. Doesn't make sense. That would be like if it makes sense for them to do that, then it would make sense for me to say. Uh, if you ride my tractor without my permission, I get to kill you. Mm-hmm. Or if but what if you told them that? What if you had a sign on your property that says, ride my tractor and I kill you? Um, the, I, <laughs> I still that? don't think, yeah, I still don't think you'd be justified in doing that because it's, uh, you know, would it be stupid to go try to ride my tractor if I, you know, was threatening Just to test to it? Yeah, but but it doesn't make sense. doesn't make it right or acceptable, yeah. right? Right. But I, also like, think- I, I could say that, uh, you know, if you if I see you breathing, I get to kill you. Well, that's absurd too. I mean, that's absurd. So there has to be some sort of. You, yeah, there needs to be something more than a non-aggression principle. And I think I proportionality is, is a good one of those tools or, or whatever you want to call it to, to try to deal with these issues. Well, I remember a little while back I sent you a video I found on YouTube, and I can't remember who did it, but it was like it was called Debunking Libertarianism in a Minute or something. Oh, I'm sure they nailed um, it. Oh, they, they killed it. So they talked about um, somebody drowning – and there's a rope, but the ro- you know, you're walking by and there's a house and there's a rope hanging down from the house or something. And if you take that rope and throw it in the water, you can pull the drowning child to the shore and save them. But since that would violate the non-aggression principle, uh, libertarianism is now debunked because you are not, this is what the video is saying, you are not allowed to take that rope. Um, so, my, I mean, what are your thoughts on it? on that scenario. And is that really a dagger for libertarianism being you're not allowed to steal that rope to save a child because that would violate someone's rights. Yeah. I mean, they got us there. It's the real dagger because obviously you should take the rope and that means that you can also take a lot of money from that person's paycheck every week and, and pay for all sorts of stupid government programs in addition to it. So, no, I mean it's it's yeah. it's any one of those lifeboats. There's a there's a bajillion lifeboat scenarios that are out there, and that being right. a perfectly legitimate one. I mean, you know, if you it makes sense if you see 
you know, take the literal example. You see someone drowning and there's a, a lifesaver or a rope or something that's, that, that's at someone's house. You're not typically allowed to just take it, but you're trying to prevent a, a greater harm or evil from occurring. So I think it, it makes a lot of logical sense to take it from them. Now, presumably, you're not going to use it to save the life and then take it for yourself. You would return it. So there's really not that much harm. So in order to objectively prevent a huge amount of harm, I don't know why you wouldn't do it. Well, when yeah, you're, when you're I, really I committing the, very little harm. And that doesn't mean because you're allowed to violate the non-aggression principle in that very specific scenario. Now, to take a step back for a second, if you had a rope, if you were, if you were walking around with a rope and you just didn't want it to get wet and then you decided to, to take someone else's rope to do it, then that's not right. You should just use your own rope. Um, so it's it's only in that very specific scenario that you really have no other options because what it is, these lifeboat scenarios, they're setting you up in a way that the only way that you can normally save a life is if you steal something from someone. Well, yeah, I mean, I would... It makes well. Let's talk about let's talk about what society would look like in a libertarian world. So it's a sure. clear violation of the NAP, the non-aggression principle. Clearly, that's sure. someone else's rope, and you took it. Mm -hmm. So, okay, but there's a difference between what we would talk about the law, which I think the non-aggression principle is a good foundation, at least a, a guiding principle for the law. Which, would, of course, when I say law, I don't talk about the laws we have today, but kind of the social laws, uh, common law. Um, and morals and doing what's morally right. And I think there would be very few judges in society. So say, say the homeowner says, Hey, that guy stole my rope. That was my good rope. Um, it's a old rope that has never been wet and I had planned on never getting it wet and he threw it in the water and now it's worthless because it got wet. I don't know why that would be the case, but let's, in theory, let's, let's say. And so he wants to sue the guy. Well, maybe it was a historic rope and now it's ruined because it got wet. And then maybe he would, the person who took it or the person whose life was saved, I'm sure they would be very thankful that their life was saved. Um, if somehow a judge decided that it was uh, a violation or, or, or a wrong and he would have to pay the guy, that, that would, I, can't, I just can't imagine too many people <laughs> really saying like, my rope was more valuable than that person's life. I, I don't see many judges deciding that. I don't even see too many people uh, wanting to press charges against the person who took the rope to save well, the I, child. But in theory, they could because there was a violation there. Right. And I don't even remember, just, just as kind of a, a parallel to this, I remember being in theology class in high school. And not that we have to you know, justify everything with you know, religious ideas, but talking about you know, if you're about to, if your kid was about to starve to death, was it okay to steal a loaf of bread to prevent your kid from starving? And the way it was explained in my class was, yeah, you do that because if if the you know bread owner really understood the situation, you would probably be willing to give it to you. Which kind of makes sense. And even if, but even say if the bread the owner of the bread didn't want to give it to you. He stole 
still kind of makes sense to do it. But again, these are very, let's, let's not lose sight of the fact that these are very specific situations that are meant, the whole idea of a lifeboat scenario is to break the non-aggression principle. So, and it's a very rare situation that right. would almost never come up in the real world. Whoop-de-doo, you, you know, you, you found this, yeah, you found this extremely rare, unlikely situ- situation where you broke a non-aggression principle. You know, what does that prove? It, okay, it proves in that extremely specific s- scenario that it's okay to violate the non-aggression principle. So take a literal I think, lifeboat I think scenario. There's also- Take, but take the literal lifeboat scenario. You're on a, say, Slappy and I are on a boat, and it springs a leak, and the only way for both of us to survive is if we both bail the water out. Well, I decide that I want to pray to Poseidon to save us and not bail water. Does Slappy have the right to, or the justification to threaten me with violence if I don't bail water? And I would say yes. Because if, if I don't bail water with him, then we're both going to die, and it's not a good outcome. It's a much worse outcome than me getting beat up. That doesn't justify Slappy in the, uh, in the, in the words of Michael Humer to force me to make him a ham sandwich. It doesn't, force, it doesn't justify Slappy to then form a government to tax me and take 40% of my income and and dictate how I can, you know, live my life and all these other things and, you know, form a military that goes overseas and starts bombing other countries. Uh, right. So it's a very specific threat right. and a specific situation. So just the fact that we were on the boat and um, I'm able to force you to bail water doesn't mean I can force you for the rest of my life to do whatever I say and fund whatever projects I want you to fund. Right. It's only in that specific instance that I'm allowed to force you and once the boat's bailed out, and once we get to land and we're free, that obligation and my right or my um, legit, what, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, my ability to force you to do something is now gone. Right. So it's funny that people think that if they show a situation where the non-aggression principle really doesn't apply or doesn't work, that they say, oh, there you go, therefore government. I mean, that's completely right, so illogical. Now- now all force is justified for whatever project I want to do uh, right. because in a very specific instance, and I don't think, I don't really think it's a hang up for most libertarians, but for those of you who are listening who aren't there, uh, it gives you something to think about. Right. Um, anything more to add? Um, I, I mean, yeah. we could go through all kinds of scenarios. <laughs> uh, how about pre- uh, preemptive strikes? What, what okay, do we say yeah, about sure. that? Sure, because that is some, that is one thing that we hear a lot. Um, we'll hear people say, yo, well, in libertarian world, you, you have to wait until the bullet's touching the guy's skin before you can return fire. Um, what do you say to that? Well, fortunately... What do you the, think about a preemptive strike? Yeah, fortunately, the non-aggression principle, in its own definition, doesn't just cover the act of violence, but it also covers threats of violence. So if you're sit if Slappy's threatening to punch me in the face if I you know wear a blue shirt tomorrow then that's a violation of the non-aggression principle and I would be justified in some sort of uh, preventative measures to make sure that I don't have my rights violated. 
So it just comes to so, figuring out what, what is an actual legitimate threat. Right. And again, we talk about a free society every now and then uh, in this podcast, but there, I believe, we don't know what it would look like, but I believe there would be judges, arbitrators, who could decide that. And I could say, you know, this guy Rallo every day is telling people he's going to kill me. And, um, you know, my friend saw him at the gun store yesterday and he said, he posted on Twitter, I'm going to kill Slappy Jones too. Um, we need to stop him. We need to do something. I think most security forces, most judges will be like, yeah, this guy, he's got to be stopped. This is a clear threat. We can't have this in society. Um, sure. So I think I would have a right to stop you. Now, you can't just decide that the fact that you're standing where you're standing, that you are now using violence or threatening violence against me because by you existing, you're, you're threatening violence against me because I can't walk right through you. I can't punch you in the face you're, as you walk around. I mean, that is an argument, and it's kind of silly because there is a state because of nature. And the funny thing exist. is... This is intuitive to basically every single person. So when people try to break it with these, you know, what if, like the example you just gave, like, oh, you're violating my rights by standing where you're standing. No one tries to walk through people. I mean, it's, it's absurd to, to even think that. Right, but so it's just, also, it's like you can't get strong. around that. The fact that we're alive, the fact that right. we exist, we take up space. So you have yeah. to have a starting point. Nature is aggressing against me. Right, exactly. Um, so it's it's a way that we think best um, allocates the scarce resources we have would be to follow the non-aggression principle. Right, within reason. Let's give that caveat in case yeah, it wasn't already sure. obvious. <laughs> yeah, it's not. It doesn't mean it can never be violated. It's just a prima facie argument. Yeah, and I, th I mean, so. I think it's for the kind of huge or the whatever you want to say, um, how far you got to go to try to break it. You know what? I don't think, like I said, I don't think it's an axiom, but I think it's a pretty good guideline to go by. So, And it helps you think about these situations a little more. You can always sit there and think, well, who is being aggressed? Mm -hmm. Who is the aggressor and who is being aggressed? And usually the answer is um, the aggressor was wrong. And I think most people agree with that when you break down these situations and talk about it. Like if you just, if you substitute anything the government does for, for an individual or a person or a group of people, almost everyone, even if you're a Republican or a Democrat, would agree that that's a really egregious violation of someone's rights. Um, and that's just a, another way to think about these things uh, <laughs> excuse me certainly helped me to just replace anything the government does with if a human did it so you know Rallo has a charity that really does a great job helping the poor is it within his right to go door to door or, or bust down your door at four in the morning and lock you in a cage because you didn't donate to his charity of course not uh, and nobody thinks it is but when when you replace Rallo with government people somehow miss that clear violation. And that's where the non-aggression principle and understanding that helps you to think through these situations of what is right and wrong, what is acceptable and not acceptable. So um, that's really the point I wanted to get across today is that the non-aggression principle is really cool. It's great, but it's not 
it doesn't hold 100% of the time. Um, and, and so, Rallo, if you have something more to add on it, speak. Otherwise, yeah. oh, you do? Good. Yeah, I just want to say that uh, fruitcake is the greatest dessert in the world, and it's called gravy, not sauce. Both of them were incorrect, and I can now <sighs> use violence against you no. for having hurt me uh, and hurt my ears for saying that. I know you don't. I assume you don't know where that's and what that's in reference to. I have no idea. Yeah, well, you I should be on. It's not wrong, but uh, this is this is why we need a dispute resolution organization to solve these problems, so that one of us can use force against the other one for having horrible opinions. And I would win, but uh, yeah, no. if yeah. on you Twitter, would win a horrible opinion. I, I agree. <laughs> these are things we talk about on Twitter sometimes, and so uh, you know you should follow us because we we do have. We talk about libertarian stuff, and yeah. we go we go after people who don't like us, and that we don't like. But then we also have a lot of fun. So this was kind of the big thing today. I m I might have lost some of our friends today with with these In, opinions, including me. So, yeah. So uh, I, I mean, if there's anyone else out there who likes fruitcakes, specifically the Klaxon fruitcake, I mean, it's it's the greatest food in the world. Um. Everyone is wrong but me on this. So, all right. Well, Lappy has that, no, he has no response. So obviously, I'm right. Anything he's no, going to say I, is going to be a logical fallacy. We'll let the listeners decide. Do you have a free market story for the week? I do. Um, so this weekend, I had to uh, park in a parking garage, privately owned. And so I, you know, drive in, get my ticket, and park in a spot. And uh, I was a little bit early to where I was going, so I went to a local little park place and read a book for a little bit. And then when I was done and had to go to where I was going, I went back into the parking garage to put the book in my car and to go where I was going. And when I went to my car, I noticed there was this big orange sticker on my windshield that said, Warning. Said parking violation, and the checkbox that was that was checked off said that I was parked in a um, in a private parking spot, and that's why I was kind of looking around and I noticed that there was a sign that said public parking had an arrow. And when I was first in the parking garage, I thought that meant additional parking, but in reality, I was in someone's spot. Um, so that's all that had. I mean. My car didn't get impounded, it didn't get towed away, I didn't get fined. They just put a big, you know, bright sticker on my window that, that let me know that I was parked in the wrong spot. Now, if you were, you know, parked in a, uh, you know, government parked parking area, like any of the street parking, which is in Philadelphia controlled by the uh, PPA, they would have written you a ticket and you would have gotten fined. Um, what would happen so, if you didn't pay the fine? They would kill you. That has happened before, by the way. In yeah. case you think we're just being ridiculous. Well, first they would, you know, send you the letter that says your your fine just increased, and then they would, uh, and also in that letter they threaten that uh, you would have a warrant for your arrest, and if you refuse to get arrested, then they'll use force, and that force will be up to including 
up to and including killing you. But it was just nice. It just showed the difference, you know. And it makes sense because if someone has the has the right, say they lease that parking spot or or own it, they have they have the expectation that when they go to park that it's going to be available to them. If there's another car that's parked there, I mean that's that's not good. Um, so it's it's perfectly within the the owner of the garage's right to to let me know I'm in the wrong spot. And when I saw that sign, I, I did move my car to the public parking area. But it shows the difference. I mean, at the same time, it, can you imagine if they didn't let me out or they, they towed my car because of that or said, oh, well, hey, now, now you owe $40 uh, because you, you, know, you parked in the wrong spot, 40 additional dollars. I, I mean, I guess I would have to pay it because assuming that it was made known to me that uh, that was the rule, of the garage. Um, I guess I would have to pay it. Uh, or never I, park there again. I right. Guess. Uh, but that, yeah, that's what I was about to say. I would just never park there again. And I, instead of uh, talking about how, you know, I just got a warning and they, and they let me to continue to park there without any other issue other than putting a, something on my windshield that I would be saying, you know, this is the, pl- the parking garage. You never park there. These people are scumbags and maybe not scumbags, but, not fair, whatever you want to say, but you know, I have no problem with parking that garage again. I actually appreciate the fact that that's what they did. They gave me a warning and you know, I made sure to, once I realized what was happening, I said, Oh yeah, let me get out of this parking spot. And I'll bet you they took note of your car, wrote down your plate. So if you're doing this every day, they may step up what they're going to do or talk to you or not let you park there anymore or whatever the case is. Right. Which would, which is reasonable. I think if I, if I parked there every day for a week straight and I was parking in a spot that was reserved for someone else, I think, and they're, and they're continually giving me warnings. I think they'd be justified in, and maybe moving my car for me. Certainly. So it just shows, and it's like anything else. I mean, if you overstay your park, parking uh, time on a government regulated spot, then they, they fine you, which is normally at least $30 or something. Whereas any, any private parking area, garage or parking lot, even if you just, you realize that you're, uh, you know, you're, you stay longer than you originally intended, either you pay when you're leaving. So you pay for as long as you're there or, you know, they charge you a little bit later, but it's all posted. There's no surprises. They say, hey, this is how much it costs for an hour. This is what it costs for two hours. This is what it costs for four hours. There's no, there's, there's no surprises. There's no huge fee that comes out of nowhere. So it's nice. And the reason why this happens isn't because all the meanies, all the mean people started working for government and just want to harass you, although that may be the case. Um, they just... Uh, don't have any competition and you have no choice. You have to park on the streets. You have to use their, tr- their streets. Uh, whereas the parking garage, there's competing parking garages. And if they're going to be jerks and put a boot on your car and not let you take it and you have to fight to get it back, well, you're not going to park there. And people aren't really going to want to park there because that's the risk of parking there. Uh, so they'll just use a different parking garage. And that's the nice thing about the market compared to a government-run anything is there's no choice when the government does it in the market there is and that keeps the owners accountable absolutely 
So with that, again, show notes page for this episode is mcflugel.com slash 45. You will find links to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and Stitcher as well as YouTube. Be sure to follow us on Facebook to talk about fruitcake and gravy. And also like us on Facebook. And finally, uh, give us your email address on the website. There's a few spots where it's pretty obvious. Normally at the end of the articles, it'll, we have a little thing that you could submit your email address and you'll be kept up to date on our posts and other news that might not be available through the, uh, the other channels. So, And also, as always, give us feedback. Talk to us. We love to hear from you. We love to hear if you agree or disagree with us and love for you to share our stuff too. Yeah, tell your friends. If you have anyone yeah. who's starting to learn about this libertarian stuff, send them over to this uh, episode, see what they think. I'm sure they have questions too, and maybe you do, and maybe you think we're wrong and you want to tell us about it. So go on our website and tell us, and we'll be happy to respond. Absolutely. Tell us we're but, wrong about anything except fruitcake. Uh, not touching it. Okay. That's all I got. All Peace. right. Catch you next week. Have a good one.